So welcome to our last week of A Spirit-Filled Church. This morning we're going to be considering the theme of praying in the Spirit. And I'm going to read some verses from Ephesians chapter 6 from the New International Version. This is what they say. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. I've been uh, putting up blinds uh, in the house over the last few weeks. Uh, I want to tell you that I've had the right drill bit. I I even know what I'm doing. The problem is lack of power. I have a drill that is over 20 years old. On a good day, it can drill through butter if the butter hasn't been in the fridge too long. Um, But instead of buying a new drill, I've worked out that if I push the drill harder against the wall, it just about works. The lack of power, though, is evident in the time it takes for me to do a one-minute job, in uh, the mess that I make of the wall, uh, because the holes tend to be far larger than they need to be. One of the areas that most Christians struggle with is the area of prayer, and we lack power. Talking to God, communicating with God, that's what prayer is all about. And our lack of power in prayer is evident when we spend our time just trying harder and harder to pray. And we just end up frustrated and our passion for prayer just seems to dissipate. When that happens, we easily become distracted. And we struggle to articulate exactly what we're wanting to pray for. And in the end, if we're not careful, prayer just becomes a cure for insomnia. Of course, we are convinced that prayer is important. We believe God hears and answers our prayers. And yet our lack of power in prayer is reflected in how little that we pray. Prayer has become our last resort, not our first thought. You know, great heroes of the faith understood what this felt like. Martin Luther wrote this to a friend. Your high opinion of me shames and tortures me, since unfortunately I sit here like a fool and hardened in leisure. Pray little, don't sigh for the church of God. I should be ardent in spirit, but I'm ardent in the flesh, in lust, in laziness, leisure and sleepiness. Already eight days have passed in which I've written nothing in which... I have not prayed. We all know what that feels like. Paul gives us the key for prayer to be the tool in our hands that God always intended it to be. God intended us to have power when we pray. This only comes from being filled with the Spirit. And we need to learn how to pray in the Spirit. And I want to draw out three things today that will help us. The first is this. Behind what Paul says, there's an implication that we need to get. The second thing is that 
there is an instruction Paul is giving us. And the third thing is that there is an invitation for us to partner in the gospel by praying in the spirit. So first of all, let's look at the implication. You see, Paul is already speaking to people who he has, he has urged to continuously, continuously be filled with the Spirit. This involves us keeping in step with the Spirit, Paul says. It involves us uh, not grieving the Holy Spirit. So by encouraging us to pray in the Spirit, by implication, Paul is saying that it's possible for us to pray, but not in the Spirit. It's what Paul would call praying in the flesh. We would describe it as praying in our own strength, using our own human understanding, praying uh, for uh, things that are, are coming out of our own fleshly desires, human desires. It's easy for us to slip into praying like that. Listen to Jesus' warning in Matthew chapter 6 from the Message Version. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques, forgetting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. Is prayer just a formula or a technique for us? Does the thought of prayer cause our hearts to soar or our spirits to sink? Has prayer become little more than a daily routine for us? Maybe we pray just to stop feeling guilty. In my early 20s, I remember I used to feel so guilty when I didn't pray. And so I felt guilty a lot because there were times when I really battled with prayer. Is that just me? I need help to pray effectively. What about you? Well, Paul says to us in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, we don't know what we ought to pray for. He says this, we don't know. He includes himself in that. Paul, the great apostle who wrote some of the great prayers of the New Testament, says we don't know. I don't know sometimes what to pray for. Paul was a man just like us. He understood the battles that we face. And so Paul is urging us, like himself, that we need to be filled with the Spirit and to pray in the Spirit. Jesus, when he was on earth, he taught his disciples to pray. And he said when he went back to be with his Father, he said, I'm going to send you another helper, another helper just like him. Someone who would help us to pray. And the Holy Spirit comes and comes to us to help us learn how to pray. The Holy Spirit now dwells inside us. He lives inside us. If we're followers of Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to take up residence in us. How good is that? The very power that raised Jesus from the dead, Paul says, dwells within us. So we need to learn to partner with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will come and empower us and help us as we pray. You see, prayer isn't meant to be easy. We know that. 
And yet the Holy Spirit does come to equip us and stand alongside us and encourage us and help us. We all need the Spirit's help to pray. And it's the height of arrogance when we think that we don't. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is described as the spirit of, uh, of grace and supplication. He's the spirit of prayer. And so when we align ourselves with the Holy Spirit, we align ourselves with God's will and God answers our prayers. We read that in 1 John chapter 5. Yet it's a partnership. And so we need to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to what C.S. Lewis says. The moment you wake up each morning, all your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job each morning consists in shoving it all back, listening to that other voice, taking that other point of view, letting that other, larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in. The Holy Spirit is there to help us. He helps us by reminding us that we draw near to our Father in heaven. He reminds us that we are children of God, that we are dearly loved by our Father. He enables us to come before a holy God with confidence and assurance, knowing that God listens to our prayer. And when we've got no idea what to pray or how to pray, the Holy Spirit helps us. If that isn't an encouragement to be filled with the Spirit, I don't know what is. The second thing I want us to look at this morning is the instruction. The end of Paul's letter to the Ephesians is a call to arms for the church. He's urging us to be strong in God's mighty power, to put on the full armour of God and then to pray in the Spirit. It's the only way, Paul says, that we're going to be able to stand when the day of evil comes. Paul is writing about days like today. I don't know if you've been following what's been going on in the news over these last weeks. But about 10 days ago, there was a government bill with an amendment put in that was touching on the whole area of abortion. And it was going to change the rules about abortion. And some emails went out encouraging people to pray and contact their MP. And lots of Christians did that. They prayed, stirred by the Holy Spirit, that God would break in. And God did something. And so the, uh, as a result, the amendment was pulled from the bill and the bill went through without it. We need to see God break through in these days. This world is going opposite to where God wants it to go. There may be people who are much more open to God in these days than they ever have been before. But this world is going the wrong way. And so we need to be people who pray in the spirit for God to break in, in our day, in our time, in our generation, that we would see God's kingdom come and God's, uh, God's rule and reign established. So how do we pray in the spirit? Paul in writing to the Corinthians about spiritual gifts, refers to us praying with 
our spirit. And he uses the word in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, spirit with a small s. He also talks about praying with our mind. So he is saying there are two ways we can pray. We can pray with our spirit and we can pray with our mind. Both are equally legitimate and equally important. In both cases, we need the Holy Spirit's help. We need to be in the spirit to pray. And we need to be in the spirit on all occasions, not just every now and then, not just when we feel like it, but in both good and bad times. When we're happy, we come with thanksgiving and prayer and adoration and uh, we come with uh, requests and intercession. When we are sad and low and struggling and grieving, we come with our laments. There are moments that we're going to need to pray in the Spirit. We need to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And we need to cry out using God's great promises to remind him of what he's promised, that we would see this nation changed. We need to be those who pray with our mind, but we also need to be those who pray with our spirit. And so when Paul is talking about praying with our spirit, he's referring to praying in tongues. Tongues is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a God-inspired heavenly language. And if you have uh, been to a church like ours uh, over the years, you will maybe have come across someone speaking in a tongue on a Sunday. And it's, it's always followed by an interpretation, often a prayer. Paul gives clear instructions because the church in Corinth that he was writing to had got into a mess over this issue. And yet Paul never, Paul never discourages them from speaking in tongues. Yet, he also says he is grateful to God that he speaks in tongues more than anybody else. But he would rather, when he's in the church, speak five words that are intelligible. So he's saying he speaks in tongues in a lot, but it is clear that he does that when he's on his own. It's a private gift. There is a private gift of tongues that helps us as we pray. It's the Holy Spirit helping us as we pray when we don't know how to pray, what we need to pray for. You see, I know that I need the Holy Spirit's help. I don't want to pray just good, nice sounding prayers. I want to pray with my mind in the Spirit. I want to pray prayers that make a difference. I remember a friend contacting me some years ago and he was in, uh, it was a moment where there there was something was happening in work and it was really tricky for him. And he said, can you pray right now? And I remember praying uh, in, I was praying, God, Holy Spirit, help me to pray. And I was praying for him with my mind. Said, but there came a moment as I prayed, I knew that God had heard my prayer. And he contacted me a little later uh, to say that uh, the situation had turned around. Now, a lot of people would have been praying for him. He'd have asked other people to pray. But I knew that praying with my mind was powerful and effective. But there are moments when I don't know how to pray. I don't know uh, what to say. I don't know how to uh, uh, communicate with God about something. And in those moments, I pray in tongues. And as I do that, the Holy Spirit helps me pray. And I know that God, uh, the Holy Spirit, is working through me and communicating and taking my emotions, my feelings that I'm struggling to put into 
eloquent words or into words and communicating with the Father. And God hears my cry. And in those moments, I know God does something. He breaks into situations. He drops things into my heart and mind, gives me keys to unlock situations, praying in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray with our mind and with our spirit. Paul says we need to pray in the Spirit. It's an instruction. Finally, Paul gives us an invitation. You see, the whole focus of Paul's letter to the Ephesians is that we know what God has planned for us. God has planned that we would come to know him. And if you're watching this morning and you have, you don't know God like that. You don't know that God's your father. There's an invitation for you this morning to come to know him. You can know him as your own personal saviour. All you need to do is say, God, forgive me. I put my trust in what Jesus did for me on the cross. And you can know forgiveness and God's spirit will come and fill you. You can know what it is to be a child of God. But if we're followers of Jesus, he wants us to know that uh, we are people of God, the people of God. That's what Paul is saying to the Ephesian church. You're the people of God. Whatever your background, whatever your ethnicity, God has knit us, us, Hope Church, into a wonderful family. He wants us to be established in God's great love for us. Have we lost sight of that? He wants us, Paul says in Ephesians, he wants us to live lives that are worthy of him. Have we lost sight of the fact that he is our father? That he wants us to stand firm in these days against the devil's schemes. These difficult days are far from over. And so we need to be a people who learn how to stand firm and to know how to pray in the spirit. And all of this is so that we can respond to God's great invitation to partner in the gospel by praying in the Spirit on all occasions. All occasions. With all kinds of prayers and requests. Short prayers, long prayers, prayers in our own language, prayers in tongues, small prayers, big prayers. God wants us to be a people who pray big prayers because he is a great God who loves to demonstrate his power by answering prayer. He wants us to pray on our own and when we're together. We've enjoyed praying together in Zoom prayer meetings. They've been a real joy, our prayer meetings. He wants us to pray eloquent prayers, but he also wants us to pray ordinary prayers. Prayers sometimes when we feel like we're stumbling. God is not bothered about how eloquent they are. God wants us to pray with our heart, led by the Spirit. And if we think we can't pray, it's not true. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us afresh. We may feel weak, but he is always strong. He will help us with prayers of thanksgiving, praise, adoration, petition, requests, intercession and lament. It's only with the Spirit's help that we can always keep on praying for all the saints. Especially when we see no answer to our heartfelt prayers. We know what that's like when we've been praying for months and months and months and we see no change in the situation. 
God wants us to be persistent in prayer and the Holy Spirit helps us press on when we feel like humanly giving up. Sometimes the Holy Spirit stirs us to pray through a passage of scripture and apply what we're reading to situations that we're facing or situations that others are facing and, and that the, we then pray in line with what the Bible says for that person in that situation. Sometimes the Holy Spirit inspires us to pray for people in our family, our community group, our street, our workplace. Occasionally, when we draw near to God, he drops names of people into our heart. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, wanting us to pray and to intercede for that person. There are all sorts of ways that the Holy Spirit helps us to pray for all of the saints. I remember some years ago being in a meeting in a gathering and we were praying and I felt God put a scripture in my heart and it's a passage from Acts chapter 8 and it's a strange passage. It's a passage where Philip, Philip, uh, who's one of the early church uh, men uh, and he's an evangelist, he's been in Samaria, he's been really fruitful and effective and God's spirit speaks to him and says, go to the desert. And he goes into the desert, he leaves all the success behind and he goes into the desert and he comes across an Ethiopian. An Ethiopian, a high-ranking Ethiopian going back to his own country, being in Jerusalem and uh, he's got all his entourage with him. And in that moment, Philip uh, is uh, uh, walks alongside the chariot and he hears the Ethiopian reading a passage from Isaiah. In fact, the passage that we were talking reading earlier as we broke bread and the uh, he says do you know what you're uh, you're reading and the Ethiopian had no idea so Paul, Philip gets up and tells him it's about Jesus he leads him to Jesus then he baptizes him and then he he goes off it's a strange passage but there was someone in the room and I felt God put that passage on my heart for them and I so I went to them and I just said I just feel God wants me to read this passage to you and I want to pray it through over you I uh, and so I did. I said, it's a strange passage. And I talked about he was fruitful, but it, God took him into a desert place to do something unexpected. And it didn't look like it was fruitful, but it was hugely effective. This person said to me afterwards, wow, you won't know what that means. He'd had lots of other people speaking into his life, had other words of encouragement. But he was thinking of going to a place that was being described as a desert. He was in a successful church at the time leading a successful church and as a result of all that God said not just my prayer but uh, he went and moved and is now serving God in another place being fruitful in another area praying in the spirit Paul invites us to partner with the Holy Spirit he wants us to pray that uh, the mystery of the gospel, the wonder of Christ will be made known to those around us. Paul asks those in Ephesus to pray for him. He's in chains. He's an ambassador in chains. He says, but pray for me that when I open my mouth, I might speak fearlessly, clearly, be able to share the gospel. Paul's not restricted by chains. And so when we pray in the spirit, God can do amazing things. And so we're to pray in the spirit 
for people around us. We're to pray that they may be fruitful in their workplace. They may feel chained at the moment, but God can make them fruitful. God can make a difference in them and through them in their workplace. And we can partner with them in it by praying for them. And if we all take hold of this and we all pray in the spirit for each other, God can do amazing things. I'm praying for my son at the moment. My son works in social work. He works in a children and care team. And I'm praying for him that God would be with him, would help him, would protect the children that are in this care, would give him wisdom as he uh, makes decisions, having to make decisions which he feels are way beyond his years. I'm praying for him that God would use him to be a witness to the clients and the his colleagues. I'm praying for him to make a difference where he is. And I believe that God is doing it. God wants us to be people who pray in the spirit. Jesus says our prayers can move mountains. Your prayers can move mountains. Yet we won't ever do that in our own strength. We need to pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is a moment where I believe God wants us as we draw to the end of our series on the Spirit-filled Church. God wants us to be a people who respond to him right now and invite his Spirit to come and fill us afresh. So if that's you, where you wherever you are, just reach out your hands and I'm going to pray for you. Holy Spirit, come and fill our hungry hearts. We thank you that you are the power of God sent to help us be fruitful and effective in these days. We pray that your kingdom would come. We pray that we would see in these days the glory of God in this area at this time with our own eyes. In Jesus' name.